This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Good morning. (laughs) If you uh, would like to text or tweet a question, there's the number on the screen uh, as we live in a world of social media. Do you know how many times uh, the average American reaches for the phone every day? Anybody want to venture a guess? Uh, 150 times, 150 times, uh, 23 to text, 18 for social media of some sort, and 16 for emails. So no wonder we're tired. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it, um, how tied we are to stuff, how um, on we always are, how connected we always are. And so today, we're going to be talking about a guy that had to get disconnected to get away. We're going to be talking about Elijah the prophet who had to run away because he was running on empty. How many times have you ran on empty or feel like you're running near empty in your life? So we'll be talking about Elijah. I'll be talking a little bit about my own story, and we'll be sharing uh, a story of another person For the purpose of asking you to ask yourself, what do you do when you're running on empty? What is draining you? And what do you do to refill your tank? So let's uh, jump into this story about Elijah. Elijah is a prophet of God uh, 3,000 years ago. He's won this wonderful battle. He's won a battle. He's had a highly successful event on Mount Carmel. He's a guy that can outrun chariots for 17 miles. That's tough to do, by the way. Have you ever done that lately? Outrun a chariot for just asking. Um, He can call fire down from heaven. He can raise the dead. But we find him in this story today as a man that's exhausted, as a man that is afraid, as a man that is severely depressed. So let's pick up this story. Now Ahab had told Jezebel, that's the king and queen of Israel, that everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Now, Beersheba was the place in Judah where it was outside the queen's jurisdiction. So he didn't really have to run past Beersheba to be safe. But he's on the run. He keeps running. And he leaves his servant there to go off into the wilderness by himself. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. I heard somewhere this week that 95% of us watch some electronic screen within the hour before we go to bed. 95% of us. TV screen, computer screen or something. Many of us have screens right in our bedroom. We can't not keep the iPhone too far away. And so go figure, 85% of us are having difficulty falling to sleep. 
Sleep is a good thing. I used to resent the idea that people would fall asleep in church. (laughs) If you can sleep, that's probably the best thing you can do for yourself. And in this story of Elijah, he falls asleep and then also, well, the angel of the Lord does something else for him. Let's read on. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights. That's the magic number 40 in the Bible. Until he reached Oreb, the mountain of God, where he's about to have a real encounter with God, a spiritual experience. Have you heard of the expression halt? It's been around a while. When you are hungry or when you are angry inside, when you're lonely, feeling very much disconnected or isolated or tired, you need to halt what you're doing. Now, it's interesting that in this story... The angel of the Lord does two things for Elijah immediately. He feeds him, and he also lets him sleep. We cannot minimize the importance of of having a, a good diet. We cannot minimize the importance of getting rim sleep at night. So critically important to our needs. The angry part and the lonely part is what God is about to address as we continue to read the story. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him this second time, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Now, it's interesting that twice God asks Elijah the question, what are you doing here? That's a great question, isn't it? You ever pull back in the middle of your life what's going on in your world and you're exhausted, you're running on empty, and you've got to 
check in with yourself and you ask the question, what am I doing here? Uh, Why am I doing this? Or what am I up to? It's important to halt when we don't understand what's going on with us. You know, I have found that people do bad things, not usually because they're bad. People mess up because they're running on empty. And they've not taken inventory. And they've not recognized that I'm spent here. So you hear you have a successful spiritual leader in Elijah who has done some great things for God. And yet he's running on empty and he's so depressed He's suicidal. He's at that edge where things could go either way. You know, sometimes uh, while I've not ever forgotten that I'm a pastor, sometimes I've forgotten that I'm a human, that I have human limitations, and I need to stop and take inventory of my life. What do you do when you forget that you are human? So God has him sleep. God feeds him food. And God allows Elijah to vent. Elijah's done something here that he probably shouldn't have done. He went off by himself into the wilderness. He left his servant back in Beersheba. Sometimes when we are spent, it's dangerous to be by ourselves. To disconnect totally from someone that is there for us. But in the midst of the loneliness, God meets Elijah. And God lets Elijah vent. And Elijah has this distorted view that he still has, even after this spiritual experience, that I'm the only one left. Ever feel that way? I'm the only one responsible here. I'm the only one that's uh, left to be faithful to God. And God, uh, if you were to continue to read on in this story, you would find that God says to Elijah, You know, Elijah, I want you to go back. I want you to go back the way you came. I want you to return. I want you to anoint new kings over Israel and Judah. I want you to find Elisha, the prophet. And by the way, Elijah, there are 7,000 other people that haven't bowed down to Baal, this, this god of the culture. You're not the only one left. So today, what, what I want us to, to visit with you about now is uh, taking inventory of our own life. What do we do when we're running on empty? Wayne Cordero is a pastor of, uh, and a college president in Hawaii. He's a man with great success and I recall him giving a presentation at the Global Leadership Summit some years ago that has always stuck with me of two images. And one image is the the image of being drained. 
There are things that drain our tank. And when we have too much draining going on and not enough coming into our tank, we're at the danger point. The first line can represent uh, anxiety. When we're beginning to run on empty, we have uh, physical manifestations of this. I, remember, I know that for myself, when I get physically tired, I start twitching. My eye twitches so much, I feel like I have to apologize to you because you think I'm winking at you or something. I have a heaviness on my chest. I know that when I am overly anxious, I get emotionally reactionary. And I say things that I don't mean. And things I wish I could take back. I also have difficulty with making decisions when anxiety rises. And if I don't check that, then I can be heading for an emotional meltdown. And if I don't check that, then ultimately what happens is a nervous breakdown. And none of us, none of us are above these possibilities. Five years ago, I was spent. Five years ago, I was done. I wasn't suicidal, but I told the Lord I was done. We had just gone through the perfect storm in my life. We'd had a large capital campaign here at the church. We had gone through some multiple staff issues. And we'd gone through a time where a family member was going through his own issues. And I was done, completely drained. And unfortunately, what we do sometimes when we get so busy that we stop putting into ourselves what fills our tank. So this morning, I want to invite you to think about your own life. I want to invite you to think about what drains your tank and what fills your tank. You may want to look at your Pray, Study, Grow and, and, and those questions and begin to scribble down some thoughts about what drains you, what, uh, what takes energy and emotion away from you, what drains you spiritually and physically in your life. I know for me, what drains my tank are uh, unresolved issues. I know what drains my tank um, is when I feel like people are underperforming or not living up to their potential. Uh, I know what drains my tank is an overscheduled calendar. And I know that God is not the one that overschedules me. I am the one that I do that to myself. God is not a perfectionist. I do that to myself. And so when these things are occurring, when these things are happening, I've got to stop and ask myself the question, not only what drains my tank, but also is there some things that I'm doing here that I can cut off and prevent because I don't want my tank to get so low that I get to the breaking point. So what drains you? And the second question I would like to invite you to ask today is, what fills your tank? What renews you? What is it that you can do in your life that puts energy back into you, that, that uh, fills you emotionally, 
as well as spiritually and physically and mentally. I know what fills my tank. You know, I, I love watching Cardinal baseball. And my goodness, this team has won 50 games already this year. I mean, I, I feed off of that. I know that for myself, family is very important to me. Uh, having some time with Susan every day, connecting regularly with our kids. And last Thursday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the work was not yet done, but I realized that I had not seen my grandson, Oren, for 10 days. And I said, that's just not right. So I took a two-hour window of opportunity and went out and hung out with my grandson. What do I do when I fill my tank? I I want to uh, spend some time alone. I'm an introvert. So I'm someone that I get energy by being by myself. Some people get energy by being with people. Some people can go to a party and be around crowds of people and all kinds of interaction and rock concerts. And that's wonderful. That's what fills your tank. Doesn't do it for me. I've I've got to have time alone to myself. I like to take walks. I I like to read. I do these things to, to fill me up. What is it that fills your tank will be different than what fills mine. I want to shift gears now and, and let you watch uh, a video uh, where I'm having a conversation of Jerry Lee. Jerry Lee is one of our members here at the church. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. He does a lot of uh, great things uh, in the community and beyond the community, as well as a business person, husband and father. And um, I asked Jerry, what do you do when you're running on empty? What do you do to refill your tank? Let's watch. So, Jerry, in the Bible, we have a story of Elijah that's just had it. He's had enough. He tells God he can't take it anymore. So, what are the symptoms for you when you recognize that you're running on empty? Well, one of, one of the things that really, as a life just gets busy, is just almost fatigue. It's just maybe mental fatigue, physical fatigue, and at some point, even spiritual fatigue. You just kind of get um, burned out. And uh, so just energy level goes down, and, and you just know that uh, you're spent. Can you think of a particular time that you want to talk about or willing to talk about? <laughs> There's been many times for me uh, when that was true for you. I think a lot of it has to do with activities that I've involved with where there's just so many things going on, uh, three kids, activities going on at home, work, um, extracurricular things that go on, uh, civic involvement type things, and it just piles up and you just you just think, you know, and that's happened over the last couple of years with just so many things I've been involved with that it just kind of piles up and you go, how can I do all this stuff? I, I just don't know how I can get it all done. So what do you do when you're running near empty and you want to refuel? What do you do to re-energize yourself? It, it, there's, I guess there's, for me, there's several things. One is sometimes just a change of venue. Just go somewhere else and get away, whether it's go to the lake, go to the cabin, and just spend some time alone and see what God's creation does and looks like down there, and it's just quiet. Um, and just start building up some of that energy. Um, one of the things I think that I probably tend to do too much is run the tank to empty as opposed to 
you know, let the fuel light go all the way down until it starts blinking at me and do it more regularly and refuel more regularly, whether it's coming to church on Sunday and get refueled, going to a conference, getting away and just being around people, spiritual people, godly people that just kind of fill you up. And uh, sometimes it's here, sometimes it's somewhere else, you know, know, uh, out of out of town, just getting away really helps. And as you know, you know me, I, I love to read. So I love reading about people that have really had tough times and how they come out of it. And, and really with God's help, they just uh, um, shine when they come out and uh, pull themselves right out of the rut or whatever it is that they're in. Well, what word of encouragement would you say to the folks uh, watching this, uh, listening to us uh, today? Well, I think one of the things is we're all going to go through that. We're all going to have a time that we're going to, you may not hit bottom, but you're going to feel alone and you're going to feel kind of self-pity. And the key is just finding a way to re-energize. If that's church, prayer, obviously, uh, is probably the first thing to start with. And just having God help you with that. And being around godly people really helps build up your energy level. And uh, so, you know, Stay involved, stay in commune with people like that that are positive because um, times are going to build. I mean, all of us are going to go through those kind of times, and, and it, I don't know if it's actual depression, but you just kind of feel alone. And, uh, you know, that's the time not to necessarily be alone, that you want to be with other people. So today you've heard uh, Jerry's story, and you've heard my story, and you've heard Elijah's story. What's your story? What are you doing here? What are you doing here right now, this point in your life? I want to invite you to take this uh, Pray, Study, Grow and uh, to get it out and to actually uh, write down some thoughts about these questions. How do you recognize the warning signals when you're running on empty? So what's the physical or emotional manifestations of what's going on with you when you know that the warning signals are going off? And are there some things that, which drain you that you can possibly remove from your life? Is that a possibility? And then to ask... Uh, what do you do to refuel your tank? What, what fills you back up? This is probably the most important question of all. What, what, what is it that you know? Like, who are you with? And what are you doing when you're emotionally, spiritually, physically filling yourself back up? Who are you with? And what are you doing at the time? And how can you be doing more of that especially when you're running near empty. And then listen for God's whisper. What is God speaking into your life? In the story of Elijah, God takes him up on top of this mountain, and there's the wind, and there's the earthquake, and there's the fire. But each time the Scripture says God wasn't in that. Sometimes we're looking for God in the dramatic events and times and lightning bolts when, no, where does God show up for Elijah? 
It's in the, the gentle whisper, the still small voice, the sheer silence. You ever have those moments of awe where God doesn't say a word and yet God is saying everything to you? So this morning what I want to do is I want to offer a prayer here and we're going to go into uh, several minutes where you just have some time with God. And uh, write down some thoughts to these questions. What's going on in your life? What's draining you? What could you reduce about that? But what are you doing to fill your tank? And then that whisper from God is, is from somewhere else. It's the unexpected. It's not what we were thinking about. But God just whispers to us something that we need to know about what he's up to in us. So I'm going to pray and then invite you to spend a few moments checking in with yourself and checking in with God. God, you speak to us in many ways. You speak to us through the scriptures. You speak to us through the events and circumstances of our life and our world. You speak to us in every situation and all times and all places. And you certainly speak to us through your spirit. So I pray that you would help us now to look at ourselves and to place our lives before you and let you correct anything that might be distorted thinking for us and help us to hear your gentle whisper. Speak, Lord. Your, your kids are listening. <laughs> 